Welcome back, everybody, to this week's FairBots podcast. I'm Alistair Wilcox, CSRO here at Revenue.io, joined by my co-host, Howard Brown, CEO, founder at All Things Revenue Science, former psychologist and lover of everything with conversations. Howard, how are you today? I'm fabulous. Great to be here. Excited to be talking to Tim again. Sam, you're back. All right. Thank you all for having me back. It means I did something well, so I really appreciate it. Thank you, Howard. Thank you, Alistair. Well, listen, we, we loved the conversation, as did the audience, of where you were going with your machine learning models. You built it the Honeywell days for 6,000 sellers, what you did to improve probability and forecasting, revenue intelligence, and, and everything. And we just ran out of time to get into some of the behavior based to the conversation pieces and, and, and where that's all headed with the world of AI. And so we would love to pick it up now that you're you know, the new chief commercial officer over at TE Connectivity and just go and dive into what you're thinking about in the world of conversation, AI, how do we make that better? Well, thank you. Thank you for having me again, once again. And, you know, when we start talking about conversational intelligence and behavior-based outcomes and just, you know, one of the things I would say is that getting the foundation set is the key. You know, one of the keys that I looked at in the past foundationally this fundamental, just the data, integrity, master data cleanup. Once you get all of that situated properly and structured properly, then I, I think you know, this is where the behavior-based piece of comes into place and the conversational intelligence comes into place, where I just think it just opens the door for that next level of benefit associated with, with AI tools. Because you have to trust the data. So once this thing get that structure and all that structured properly, then you can spend your time focused on the the behaviors of the sellers, observing the behaviors of the sellers, observing the behaviors or interactions of the customers. And a lot of this today is not just action-based, but there's visual analysis done as well to understand the you know, behaviors and outcomes potentially as a result of how someone interacts with their facial recognitions or what have you, the words they use, part of the conversational intelligence piece. So, you know, with that, you know, I, I really would just have, like to have this open dialogue because I began a pilot with a vendor uh, that leverages conversational intelligence in my past in my past company mm-hmm. and i gotta tell you i you know work with the it department to, to set the proper context and structure identified a key group of great sellers and sales leaders to pilot this thing with at the end of the day though i think the potential was absolutely unequivocally there and we saw the value that it could bring in driving that conversational intelligence into the ai tool as well what makes me so excited, Tim, is a, a, a revenue leader like yourself who has spent decades building sales teams, building commercial excellence, talking about behavioral change as it relates to conversations and conversation intelligence. As most of our listeners know, I've spent 30 years in psychology studying human relationships studying human behavior and how we communicate with one another, what builds relationships, what causes friction in those relationships. The application of conversation intelligence is really the study of how we communicate. It doesn't matter if it's in a sales setting. It doesn't matter if it's in a support or customer success, how we communicate as human beings, how we build rapport and trust. This is fundamental. The type of conversations that lead to better outcomes, whether you're working on dating or talking to your children or your spouse, is very similar 
to how we relate to our customers because they're human beings that have needs and how we address their needs, how we communicate. That is what leads to better outcomes, no matter what the setting is. So for me, I feel like the last seven to eight years that we've been studying hundreds of millions of hours of these conversations and prescribing what people can do to change the trajectory of those sales support and then human relationship conversations is what truly gets me so excited. So it is these large language models. It is this conversation intelligence that's going to revolutionize how we build customer relationships, customer value, and those companies that aren't accessing this data and aren't using this to change behavior and deliver better outcomes are those companies that are going to miss this boat. I am in violent agreement with you. Because <laughs> if you recall in our last podcast, we kind of talked about sales as intuition. People look at it as intuition. What you're speaking to today is taking a lot of what is considered intuition, leveraging the AI and, and these conversations and the interactions, the human interaction, and drawing insights out of that. That is just, it's the next frontier, frankly. And I also talked about ramping up new sellers. Think about the power involved in having all that data, those insights, historical interactions with the customer and then having that in the hands of a, of a new seller coming into an account as well. What you're speaking to is, I think it's game changer. And the adoption rate is not where it needs to be today, but I think it's going to, it's going to get there. This is where sales is going. That's right. I'm, I'm a big proponent. Like I said, I'm going back to process and back in the dimming days and industrial revolution. To me, this is a sales revolution, <laughs> leveraging AI. And is this going to be a journey? But the benefit is that the opportunity and the benefit will absolutely be there. So I'm convinced of it. 100%. What I love is not just the fact that it's for more seasoned reps or it's, it's for reps that have been in the seat for a while. If you think about how we learn, nothing is as effective as actually listening to yourself and the challenges, the mistakes, and the things you do well hugely advantageous, but also think about all of those conversations, all of those best practices that you currently have within your organization to structure an onboarding plan where it doesn't matter what the situation is. You have that recorded, you have a best practice, and you can train your reps very quickly on how a masterful sales rep or customer success rep handles a situation and then apply that to just in the moment learning so that, hey, I'm dealing with this. Now you present me with exactly how to handle it. That is going to change what we expect as buyers from our sellers. We already expect the world from our sellers. And if they don't deliver it, we move on to the next company. Look, Amazon has changed the buying that we do as consumers. This is now happening in the B2B world. We have to arm our professional sales reps, customer support reps, success reps with these tools to help them and give them that edge. I'm speechless. <laughs> Look, you laid out the blueprint. I mean, I, I mean like I said, I, I couldn't agree with you more where my head is parked, which is speaking to the opportunity that presents itself. And it's a blueprint. It's the matter of companies are having the ability to execute on it. First of all, they have to believe in it. Then they have the ability to execute on it. But the things you're speaking about are absolutely the things that I'm out to cause. 
because uh, I see the value proposition is shorten the onboarding process, for example, for sellers. That interaction, that real-time feedback, right. that is, that's the you know, learning. I mean, that's, that's what the best learning, not four, six, eight weeks later to get feedback, get instantaneous feedback, and then they could practice again to deliver a better value proposition to the customers. To me, this is definitely uh, where we need to go as an organization. And I'm committed, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm going down that path. I have to because I see the opportunity. And as you think about this, Tim and Howard, I think it's, you know, the market shift right now that's occurring is we're going from a lot of vendors, a lot of technology or in-house approaches, yeah. which have been investments in AI. Okay, good. Or some form of that, right? So we've gone and put a system in place that we go, hey, is what's occurring? Can you Can you tell me something, right? That's not bad. But what we're actually now in is going from AI systems to human in the loop. This human in the loop with AI. It is the two together that changes that experience in a demonstrable way. Now that sounds maybe quasi-interesting to some of our listeners, but then you go, well, what would you need to do that? And actually, I don't believe it's as daunting as people think. Are you comfortable discerning insights from email and go to market? Are you comfortable discerning some insights from the data associated with how customers are searching and interacting with your products? Are you comfortable understanding conversation and engagement of what's transpiring between people? And, and are you using you know, an architecture that's combined that with industry insight, with steps that support certain attributes and general knowledge across different areas? And if you just put that I, I'll say together, because it's not quite as simple as just putting it in a big data structure, but essentially you're prepared to get all of that. Everything Howard said around changing the behavior, I can see all of the distinct attributes, I can see what's good and bad, and then I can amplify that. And that is exactly how I then do the real time. Yep. That is how I help somebody go and have a live conversation like we are right now, and not just look at, am I talking too much or not enough, but give insight that is supportive to you, Tim, you, Howard, in a, in a real way as we're speaking. How is that not going to be a major competitive advantage? Right. You know, Alistair, I just, you know, to your point, and I just want to back up slightly here and just make this comment. You know, most people think that, you know, when we say AI, I think it's going to take the place of itself. And that's not what we're saying here today whatsoever. And you're hitting on the point exactly, and it is, yeah, I'm a firm believer in having a data-driven sales. The times, the days of just, you know, my gut, like, I'm not saying gut is wrong. I mean, it's important, extremely important. And we have this continue to leverage that. But what I want a seller to be able to do is take these other inputs that come in. And then from there, gener you know, generate your next steps, ideas, and thoughts. It's something, you need, an input that you take in consideration in your decision-making process and your next steps in your behavior. I believe the sellers of the future has to be able to do that effectively. They can't just ignore these other inputs that come from emails or, you know, customer sentiment conversations that are, are had. You have to be able to take that data, part of that to what they know. And then what, you know, Howard mentioned to you earlier, you know, a lot of this, you know, psychology behind what's happened in the past, AI is, is catching up in some places. I mean, it, it's, it's great when you take that data as well, overlay that with what the seller knows. And I think you just come to far greater, better outcomes when, when you do that. So I'm just a big proponent of what you, what you really articulated here. And that is 
and I call it just having a data-driven sales force. And they're taking that information, peering and partnering together to generate those best outcomes. Because independently, it's a miss. And I'll, I'll add one thing, but then I'll be curious. I'd like your thoughts and Howard's thoughts on this. A again, especially in commercial and enterprise space of it, I think there is an over-pivoting right now to drive efficiency and cost savings and, and productivity and all of those things, right? And I get it. Like, I'm not trying to be as though the world is not in a tough spot financially in most sectors, right? Nonetheless, how do you scale? How do you capture market aggressively? You have an engagement model that makes your customers more successful. And how do you help your customers be more successful than you do a better job engaging than your competitors do? And so as you think about this and you think about where it's going, AI with a seller, the first driver should not be because I can now get even more throughput on my seller. I don't mind that as a byproduct, sure. But it's actually because they're having better market-leading conversations than they've ever been able to have before. And then by doing that, it's not just customer satisfaction. It's, it's reductions in churn. It's improvements of all productivity. They, they, yes, they're going to sell more, but you're not doing it purely from the cost savings basis. You're doing it because it is the model that's going to actually be a differentiator for the company and how it talks about itself in the market. And you can't just do that anymore with a fancy logo. Great. Yeah, here's my here's my two cents on what you just articulated. Because I'm a big, you're right, there are cost pressures. No question whatsoever. And there's trade-offs associated with trying to do that. But I don't believe those mutually exclusive. I think that when you do this right, you ultimately increase your conversion rate. And what that means is leveraging AI, leveraging these other tools, what you go after, you have a higher probability of success of hitting. And by doing that within itself, what happens is your cost goes down because you're, you're, you're spending less time losing opportunities and more time winning. I mean, it's just, it's just it's mad in my mind. And so that's why I think this is so important. That's why you can have both. Uh -huh. Companies can have both. They just have to be committed to understanding how to do this the right way. You know, I, I look at this, I would say, uh, you know, revenue per seller year over year. I've been doing this for 10, 10, 15 years. Every year you look at how to get more throughput from the seller, but you got these other variables you take into consideration as well. The goal is to make them more efficient and effective. And by doing so, you can reduce your cost structure as well. Spot on. And, and I think it's critical, right? You have efficiency and you have effectiveness. If I'm wasting all my time being inefficient, I don't even get to be effective because I'm going round and round on things that won't even close, right? So how do I spend my time with those customer-facing engagements where I, as a seller, as a thought leader, as someone who solves problems, how do I get in front of my customers and help them grow and solve the problems that they're facing every day? I do that by being more efficient. I do that by focusing my time on the most valuable activities that will move the needle. So we need that efficiency. We need that throughput so that when I actually get in front of a customer, I can have these sort of valuable conversations, right? We can have conversations about solving problems, about moving our organizations forward. But if I'm, if I'm busy on things that can be automated, then I'm not going to get there. So I love that approach. It's efficiency, it's effectiveness, and ultimately that drives more productivity and better results. That's the game that I'm in. <laughs>
Oh, we started with behaviors. We're talking the world of artificial intelligence. We started on conversation. We would be remiss without bringing up the proverbial news headline, generative AI. Tim, you know, we have about five-ish minutes left here. Now let's talk about generative AI. How much is hype? How much are you thinking about this in, in the world? Where do you see it working? There's news headlines galore on this stuff, right? Like everybody is putting something out there right now. You had Microsoft just announced they're putting some generative pieces in Word and Excel. You had Salesforce doubling down with Einstein. You got, you know, Google blew up its thing with, you know, what it did that went poorly with uh, Bard. Like there's good, there's bad, there's lots of things happening. Right. Hype, reality, something that you're going to be looking at as you head into TE in your new role or not? Yeah, no, I, you know, I think it's an exciting front. This is one of those fronts where I think we're still early. I think there are some kinks to be, you know, ironed out in many different cases and just try to understand that value proposition just in general. And I try to look at this from a sales standpoint. And my earliest thought right now is around potential, you know, productivity plays or a simple task that can be automated. And I think the opportunity potentially presents itself there. I'm in a learning phase today. I'll say that I'm still observing all the nuances and the differences between whether it's Microsoft or Google, what they're doing. And then, you know, of course you mentioned Salesforce, right? Uh, I think that was a, you know, a, a big play on their part to, to get, get in this space as well. And I think the opportunity will present itself there. I uh, just, I think we're early in the phase right now and I'm, I'm going to reserve my commentary. I hate to not, not be all altruistic on this podcast, but I just want to reserve my commentary until I get a little more educated around uh, what the value the true value could be uh, generated as a result of it. But I think it's on the right path. Well, let me jump in for a moment because I, I like using real life examples, right? So yeah. revenue.io is about to release as it relates to generative AI. And you tell me whether or not you think it's going to be helpful because this is what I need. I need feedback from real sales leaders like you, real revenue and commercial excellence leaders, right? So what do I spend time doing after every single phone call or Zoom meeting as a sales rep? What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to follow up with an email summarizing what we talked about and then next actions. What are we doing next? Well, we are using generative AI to create a draft of what was discussed in that meeting and what are next steps? Now, am I here to tell you that we're doing that perfectly? No. But what I will tell you is that most sales reps dread having to come up with that email and draft it out and maybe listen to a call recording or look at their notes and have to start. Yep. Think about the opportunity to get rid of the majority of that pain by just creating a draft for them and letting them spend a minute or two getting that thing out, done. To me, that is a perfect example of using generative AI to solve a real life problem that every rep has, which is crafting that follow-up note. Love your take. Well, thank you for the hardcore example. In that example, I couldn't agree with you more that that would be of high value because you're absolutely right. As a seller, when I was a seller, I dreaded to coming up with a, with a structure to follow-up email. Just you know, if something could produce a framework or a draft, then just edit from there. That's Denny. That's how I value it. See, sales leaders, commercial leaders, what I urge you to do 
is think about those opportunities where our sellers are wasting time or are hesitant or or just don't want to do it. What are those opportunities? Let us know. Email us. Reach out to me. Reach out to Tim and Alistair. Let us know those opportunities that we can use things like generative AI to move the needle. The opportunities are endless, but we have to focus. So let's prioritize our efforts around those things that cause the most pain that we can solve in the short term. We're not going to boil the entire ocean all at once, but let's figure out those use cases and let's hammer them down. Let's get this as good as possible and let's release it so that we can start helping our sellers engage with their customers. Yes, our that's spot on use cases. And that's, that's what it's all about. Uh, we're not trying to boil the ocean because that would take too long, confuse a lot of people. But when you get specific use cases you can go after and then generate results associated with that, it's, it's a win, it's a long and a journey because it's going to continue to evolve. I love it. Sign here. Tim, we started with the board saying AI is important and then a lot of our contemporaries, 12% are releasing AI and automation. And, and I don't say this lightly. In fact, I don't think I've said it before, but I will say this time, thank you for being a pioneer in the space. There are not many people yes. that are in your role with the understanding of the importance of a conversation and changing the behavior of a conversation. At the end of the day, you put the sales title on, the marketing title, this title, we're humans trying to communicate more effectively. Right. And AI is having a renaissance right now, a major wave is going to drastically improve our effectiveness to communicate. And thank you for being part of this. Thank you for leading the charge. Um, I'd love to touch base in a few months and see how it's progressing, what's next as well. So keep up the great work on that front. Well, thank you all for having me. Thank you for the great conversation discussion. And uh, thank you all for being pioneers and leaders in this space that it really is going to transform the sales industry as a whole. So thank you. Tim, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your insights, your real world example. And thank you for leading the charge in this AI revolution, this behavioral change and arming our sales reps with revolutionary thinking to make them more efficient and effective. Great work. To all our listeners, please remember to like and subscribe as always and uh, submit your questions in. Howard and I will do our best to answer those in a future episode. You can reach us at 323-540-4777. That's 323-540-4777. Tim, thanks again. Howard, thanks as always. We'll talk to you all soon. Thank you. Thank you. 